Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Seeking the truth, exposing the lies. Remember, together, we are unstoppable. Keep on digging. Hello, Travis. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. How's the new job treating you? It's uh, it's going pretty well, man. Thanks for asking. Really glad to hear it. Yeah, let me uh, just talk for a sec. Let me get a level check. All right, Make sounds sure good. Yeah, just say some random stuff. All right. Shabalaba ding dong. How about that? <laughs> Keep going for a sec. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what do you uh, want to be talking about tonight? Um, I'm open. Nice. Nice. Well. <sighs> okay, there we go. Got you on track three. And I think we're even right about there. How do, how do I sound? Uh, you're coming through clear on my end. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. We'll call that good. Fantastic. Nice. Um, couple things I had in mind. I don't know. I'm open to topics or whatever, but uh, a couple things I had in mind were Bill Gates buying up farmland, um, food processing, processing plants burning. Actually, didn't we talk about that already? Yeah, I think that was our last uh, series that we did. There we go. One talking, to you. I think you did it in uh, five cuts. We could, like uh, we could go deep. We could go about Israel. Ooh, what's happening in Israel? I mean, I know they got a uh, Netanyahu back. Has there been any other updates? Well, um, you know, it's just it been in the news a lot because of Kanye, right? So he got all kinds of shit for saying that um, that Jewish people control the music industry which kind of cracks me up because yeah. they do. And they also control the movie industry and the banking industry. Um, I mean, but, if you, you control know, not... the banking industry, you can pretty much insert any other industry. And it's, if you control the banking, you control everything. Let's just say. Exactly. And everything's under that umbrella. Right. But, but I don't know. Um, you know, maybe we could go into APAC and, and Netanyahu and talk a little about a little bit, you know, little bit about the details of that nice yeah you uh let's see here i can pull up some articles yeah yeah why don't you be doing that in the meantime i'm looking through some stuff that i've saved recently about different world events happening from different okay, articles and screenshot yeah if you want to bring up anything we yeah. can uh we can. You've we can been fire in, on anything. You've been hearing about uh, China's uh, secret police that they have in the U.S. and I think 16 stations in Canada and a whole bunch throughout Europe. No, fill me in on this. So uh, this is fairly old news. However, uh, Wired, I believe, is the article or the uh, the writing company from Matt Berg's uh, reopened it. Um, since uh, some people went into detail in, I believe this was in New York. Yeah, New York. 
where they were talking about what it's like living under that. So basically, um, for people like the uh, the affront that they gave it, I'll just start with that is they have secret police stations. And they're saying it's for their citizens that are staying abroad. So say like, uh, you know, people on a work visa or foreign exchange students, things like that, to make sure that they're complying with CCP law. And so that's their affront for it. However, they've been secretly operating them throughout all over Europe. I think over 100 in Europe. Um, I think 16 have been reported in Canada and one that has been openly reported in New York. So uh, they go into an article here about uh, what it's like living under that. So if you want, we could hit that. Um, Absolutely. That sounds North Korea has been a little feisty. And then I also thought I was just saw a reporter from Fox. uh, Coast Guard is offering half a million. I think it was half a million or was it? No, hold on here. Let me pull up the article. Coast Guard offering up to uh, $50,000 sign-on bonus. That Not wow. even the rest of your bay. Just because uh, it says uh, readiness is in jeopardy and recruitment is plummeted. So things are falling apart for the U.S. And um, there's a lot of people making moves abroad. So that's been a lot of what I've been focusing on along with uh, keeping track on, like we've been saying about the food shortages and uh, things to come on how that's going to look for the nation. So, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off with a story or two first? Uh, okay, so let's see here. Why don't we go ahead and do a little introduction? All right, go ahead here. Greetings, fellow Earthlings. This is Dave Smith and another thing with Dave, with Travis. And uh, we are going to be talking about some current events this evening. Hope you dig our conversation. Travis, why don't you introduce folks uh, yourself to the folks and tell them where they can find you? Hey, guys. Uh, So I'm Travis. Glad to be back with you, Dave. Uh, You can find me um, well, you can find me uh, every now and then poking my nose over in Dave's business on uh, and another thing at Dave. Uh, you can find me over on uh, Getter still. Haven't been very active there. True Social. And thank you, Elon. Uh, I'm now over on Twitter. You can find me at Travis Bushy. You might be wondering how you spell that. It's B-U-E-C-H-E uh, over on Twitter. So. Now that uh, things have really gotten uh, shaken up over there, I've been kind of enjoying myself a bit. So uh, follow me over there, and uh, hopefully um, podcasts will be coming soon, construction underway, and uh, between that and baby overlap, and I should hopefully be starting this sometime early in the new year. Fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of good news. I think, uh, you know, that We've got Elon as the new owner of Twitter. I think only good things are going to come from that. What do you think? I think all in all, I mean, it alarmed me a little bit when uh, he said that he was sitting down with uh, people to monitor for basically the hate speech and censorship. And then he started listing off all the same people that were working under the old Twitter execs, including people like Media Matters. Um, So... That concerned me. However, recently with him saying 
he sounded like he might be hinting at possibly breaking away from those people and uh, just uh, locked a lot of people out and just started firing people left and right this morning. So I uh, I think things are going to get interesting. I think he was looking to try to uh, please the establishment, but also please the populace. And pretty much it's a cool kids club and Elon wasn't invited. And so I think he's at this point, it looks like he's just written to just uh, have fun with the, uh, the plebs as it were. So I think uh, <laughs> it's going to be a, I think the ball will start rolling a little slowly, but uh, I think give it time. I think just more and more things will slowly start to come about. That'll be a lot better for that platform. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, I watched a Joe Rogan uh, experience episode where he had the uh, the CEO of Twitter on and also another executive, and he was asking them point blank. Was why... this the uh, sorry? Was this the one where he had a Tim Pool with him for that? Yes. Yep. Uh, and um, and it was interesting to hear their response because they said, you know, that they are not biased at all. And they abide by their rules as far as, you know, shutting down, you know, uh, controversial talk or things that might cross the line into hate speech or whatever. But, you know, Rogan's staff is awesome, right? So they pulled up yeah. example after example after example where it was completely left leaning, right? Yeah. Um, where they shut down somebody that said something completely non offensive about uh, the trans issue, maybe. Um, and got shut down, but then people on the left would go hard and, you know, put really pushing the line of hatred about other issues and not get shut down. So I'm excited to see Elon take it over. I, I you know, who knows? I do believe he is a champion of free speech, uh, but I guess yeah. we'll, we'll know more in time, right? Yeah. Only time will tell. However, um, you know, I, one thing I really enjoy in my free time is combat sports, a little bit of boxing, a lot of MMA. And uh, one thing uh, that uh, you do when you're trying to uh, get your opponent to uh, react the way you want them to is uh, first thing you'll maybe hit him with a jab really hard um, so that they would start to respect your jab. So that way you can faint your jab and get them to move in a certain way. Uh, to see how they'll react and then leave them open for your power shot. That being said, um, he really freaked them out to the point where uh, just a few days ago, the intercept, I don't know if you heard this article, um, not a right reading uh, source at all. Definitely much yeah. more left leaning um, opened up with the DHS. So the DHS came out and said yes they are working with big tech organizations and they even posted a link for facebook they didn't post this for twitter however they did say they they were meeting with vijaya gade i think is how you say her name uh at least once a month and then they were getting ready to set it up to i believe twice a month and uh but for facebook they left open a portal for a rapid takedown so if you were somebody in the dhs uh, FBI or uh, any of those uh, three-letter agencies, you had a login for your pretty much email for saying that you were under there and your password for an immediate takedown request. 
And they came out and openly said that, yes, this was about stuff that was affecting the election. Yes, this is stuff that on um, people they were trying to censor and stop. And I mean, they just opened up and said, yes, everything we've been doing, basically uh, the merger of government and uh, tech companies has been happening the entire time. And here's the link to the portal. And last I saw for about two days straight, ever since they posted that the Facebook portal has still been up. Hmm. So they've uh, come out and said, yeah, we're doing it. So Elon freaked them out enough where everything that pretty much people like you and me and many others have known was happening. They flat out confessed. Yes, this is happening. And they've even gone as far to say things about, uh, it involving the Hunter Biden laptop. So, um, yeah, I mean, even just the fact that he even jokes around and says how he's going to have it be free speech freaked them out enough that I think that they were, uh, when he bought it, he bought evidence. And uh, I, I think even just if he did nothing, the reaction that we're getting from the other side about them freaking out is uh, still going to be a win for free speech because we already got that. Right. I mean, that speaks volumes, really, doesn't it? Their reaction and laying their cards on the table. And like you said, you and I and and fellow truth seekers knew this long ago. I mean, Edward Snowden told us, Yeah. you know, Edward Snowden came right out and told us point blank. They're all collecting your information. Um, I've even seen um, reports that Facebook was founded with seed money from uh, three letter organizations, you know. Um, with the entire goal of being harvesting people's information, what better, you know, this is the FBI, CIA's dream, right? People will voluntarily post everything about them, where they're eating, what they're doing, what their hobbies are. Oh, yeah. Pictures of themselves, their political affiliations. You get to see how how aggressive people are about their politics because some people go, you know, go berserk on there. Yeah. Um, so I, I always knew that it was that. Um, and, and, and I was pretty transparent. I really don't care if I'm on a list. You know, what? What? I don't have 50,000 people following me. I don't think I'm a threat, you know? Yeah. Um, something, something came out. Oh, man, we got to circle back to this. But something came out. I just saw this on the Jimmy Dore show last night um, that the FBI requested so the uh the justice department requested the requested um seth rich's laptop and all the information on it you know seth rich being the dnc employee that is supposedly the person that leaked the information that hillary clinton was in control of the dnc and and stole the primary from bernie sanders yeah um, and then, you know, the Hillary camp turned around and said that it was Russia that that hacked the their servers. Well, it turns out it wasn't at all. It was downloaded. The information was downloaded onto a thumb drive. So that means it has to be somebody that did it in person. And all fingers point to this guy, Seth Rich, who was murdered on the street uh, in a quote unquote robbery, but nothing was taken from him. Um you know, the investigation has gone nowhere and the Justice Department just announced they want the FBI to turn over the laptop. And the FBI's response was that they want they want to do it in 66 years. 
Yeah. Um, What's your response on that? That's nothing new. I think there was uh, some stuff that was happening with Martin Luther King, and they said, oh, yeah, we'll be releasing that by the year 2050. Um, Same, I believe, we're supposed to be getting more stuff about JFK. Remember how Trump said he wanted to, but people weren't letting him? And then that begs the question of, who the hell is higher up than the president when he says, I'm going to declassify this and release it. And they say, no, you're not. Uh, right. But yeah, that stuff's supposed to, I don't know why come out all the way out to a bunch of stuff in 2050. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it pretty much, I guess by the time also, they're also doing this, I believe with uh, info about the vaccines. Yeah. If Pfizer I'm, asked for 75 years. They yep. Pfizer wanted 75 years. Thank God the judge was on the side of freedom and democracy. And he said, no, you will release it all within a year. So they're scrambling to release it. But, you know, I mean, it's going to take years for somebody to go through that information. They're releasing oh, yeah. tens Books. of thousands of documents a, a month. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is this is nothing new so much for the Freedom of Information Act. Um, right. But to me, yeah, it's, it's just so transparent when you want to wait 50 years to release the info. That means you want everybody that's interested in that issue to be dead. Yeah. Dead or completely uninterested. Right. No one's going exactly. back 50 years to and be like, oh, yeah, this happened. We want justice for it. I'm going to die in about three months. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Um, so course, interesting. The, the new stuff generation. There. Yeah. And the new generation that comes through. They don't care. I mean, this is all, I mean, this is like if you were to try and tell us on, I don't know, different things saying that uh, it wasn't uh, the Japanese that bombed Pearl Harbor. They were agents that were brought over so we could start or different things like that. And they said, well, you know, 80 years down the road, we'll talk and about releasing information. Next generation isn't going to be care and it's probably not going to get that big of a headline. And so I agree. You, you basically just covered it up completely. I agree. And for a couple reasons, we're being bred to be apathetic. So the younger mm-hmm. generations are more and more apathetic. And then if, the, if, if somebody is, you know, a warrior for truth and democracy, they're going to have a current issue that's more on their front burner. Right. Yeah. And then something from one or two generations previous. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the Japanese thing, though, let's hit on that real quick. Um, Pearl Harbor, right? Like, um, I've heard a number of of reports that state that we didn't need to. Um, one of them is Oliver Stone's "The Untold History of the United States." Oliver Stone goes into this in detail, and he says, "So this is taken." He, he, have you seen the series, "The Untold History of the United States"? I have not. It's on my list to watch. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. It's a 10-part series taken from, I think, four books or a book. Um, but it's 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 all taken from a historical nonfiction book. And Oliver Stone apparently had his mind blown by the book and you know decided to make it into a series. It originally aired on Showtime. You can find a lot of them free on YouTube now. Nice. But he does one about World War II. Um, he does one about Bush and Obama in the age of terror, and that one will just blow your mind. I mean, probably not yours, but it'll blow the average person's mind on how yeah. few differences there really were between Bush and Obama. Obama basically kept 
most of Bush's cabinet, most of his uh, administration. Most, most presidents do. Yeah. They, so, there's just a couple of heads that'll switch out, mostly yeah. for PR or some mild agenda changes. But right. it's the same thing on why when the people scream out that these are the issues we want fixed – you know, different issues will change, but the same ones that the people keep crying out about never get resolved. Yeah, because otherwise, what would they have to, you know, to to parade around in front of us? Right. Exactly. Um, but this one, the one on World War Two was especially fascinating. Um, and uh, Oliver Stone was saying that not only were the Japanese. So he was saying that the Japanese were ready. They were two weeks away from surrender. And we knew this because we had decoded their, uh, we had broken their code. Yeah. So we were able to, to hear their, their coded messages, right? Um, so he says they were two weeks away from surrender before we dropped the first atomic bomb. And that most of their cities, I forget whether he said 80 or 90% of Japanese cities had been burnt to the ground by conventional weapons at this point because they were all made out of wood and, um, you know, e e you know, easily destroyed by a big, huge firestorm. Yeah. Uh, incendiary devices dropped from the air. And so he was saying that the reason that we dropped the nukes on Japan wasn't what we've been brainwashed to think, right? Like, well, otherwise hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions will die in a conventional war. No, they were two weeks away from surrender. And Stone says the reason that we dropped those bombs was to intimidate the shit out of Russia. Yeah, that backfired. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it I mean, never, it never did that. If anything, it has inspired the world. Right, right. Exactly. Like, oh my God, they're crazy enough to do this. We better arm up. Mm -hmm. We better arm to the teeth. So there's a, you know. Yep. But um yeah, I don't know what triggered that Oh, you said something about Japan, so that triggered oh, yeah, that. Oh yeah, I was, that train I, was of thought. I was just pulling out one random conspiracy. My uh personal belief on Pearl Harbor um is very similar to that of uh 9/11 and that's that uh, Japanese were coming to bomb us uh FBI or well, not fully at that point recognized as uh FBI. I don't believe they had that official title until shortly after. Um, but federal agents and uh, the basically the um, what would be known to our uh, founding fathers as uh, secret societies. And that's the mm -hmm. thing. Most people don't realize uh, secret societies. You know, you might say you don't believe in. You know, ask someone, do you believe in the CIA and the FBI exist? That's that's basically what they were back then. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, knew that this was going to happen and saw a chance to gain a whole lot of power, add more three-letter agencies, more responsibilities and powers that can be dished out to these people and uh, get a lot of funding for a war through it. And uh, sure enough, once we had that and then, you know, we declared war because of the atrocities com committed against us by uh, the Japanese Empire. And then uh, as a result, Hitler decided uh, now's the time to strike and declared war on America. And that's how that happened. Pretty similar to uh, everything that happened with 9-11. You know, 
uh, Osama bin Laden with Al Qaeda. Um, Al Qaeda and Osama bin Laden, uh, both from uh, the three letter agencies um, early on for our fight to uh, take down Russia uh, yeah. during the first Desert Storm. I find it very hard to believe that FBI wasn't keeping tabs on their own creations and, you know, having meetings with them to somewhat, even if uh, he didn't like them still just to keep taps on them, have someone on the inside. Always these people know these things and it's been well known that these agencies knew everything that was going on in nine 11 and, you know, pretty much like Grandy coined it, American idiot. They just did nothing, let him hit us. And then Bush wants to be uh, the patriotic one, but is also has a lot of ties with uh, the skull and bones. Um, and uh, if you look at Dish, uh, Dick Cheney and uh, his past with uh, three letter organizations, much more involved than Bush was, um oh, yeah. basically coming up to him and say like all right mr president this is what our finest and brightest minds have to say about uh everything here's exactly what we're gonna do um here's what we need to be able to go and get this job done we're gonna call it the patriot act everyone's gonna get on board here's the, um what we need you to push for and uh make it happen for us so we can do it and uh fight this war and then you look at it real similar to what happened in 2020 Trump complete germaphobe and say, all right, Mr. President, um, there's a worldwide pandemic going on. Um, here's the finest and brightest minds. Uh, his name's Dr. Fauci. He says we yeah. need to shut down, uh, the entire world economy for only 15 days, 15 days goes by and he, uh, re ups them and says, uh, Mr. President, we need to extend it to, uh, 30 days to slow the spread. And then from there, it was just a, lost cause of uh rights being taken away left and right and uh then you looked at uh you know they were saying hey for you know our brightest minds say uh we need an mrna vaccine to uh come out and combat this thing and uh you know we got our vaccine under operation warp speed pretty much giving total cloak of uh darkness to these companies to be able to do it and uh you have biden picking up saying those who won't take it our patience is wearing thin and tried but failed but tried under another this time four letter agency osha to implement it where you're going to lose your job if you don't take this yeah and i believe in both cases that legislation was rolled out that was already pre-penned um i know that to be a fact with the patriot act that that had been written years ago um, apparently they wanted to roll that out after the Oklahoma city bombing, but the public outrage wasn't great enough. Yep. Uh, yeah. These, uh, there's always, they need a crisis to be able to happen. There's always going to be now. I'm, I'm not saying that, um, every single bad thing that happens is organized by three or four letter agencies, but these people do have a pretty, good pulse on everything that's happening and sometimes they'll uh use it to interview and say look we were able to rescue and uh stop this bad event happening i think there was uh during bush's term uh where they were pushing for uh a renewal of 
uh, the Patriot Act. I think it was the Brooklyn Bridge, if I remember correctly, towards uh, the middle of Bush's second term, where there was going to be a bombing where it was going to uh, take out the entire Brooklyn Bridge with people on it uh, during rush hour that they say was thwarted. But right, so we'll sometimes, yeah, so you'll you'll never know because you know, unless if you're on the inside, really. Right. It but, could have just been. I'm, and, and once again, I agree with you. I'm not saying that all I hate even the term conspiracy theories. I'm not saying that they're all true. And I'm not saying that three or four letter agencies are behind all of them. But if you just look at the proven times where the three or four letter agencies have been behind nefarious acts, it paints a picture. You know, mm -hmm. if you start connecting the dots, there's so many operations that have been outed through the Freedom of Information Act. That it, I mean, that it really paints a huge picture. I mean, I'll just name a few. Operation Northwoods, Operation Paperclip, Operation Mockingbird, um, Operation Sea Spray, Operation um, Cointel Pro, and MK Ultra. Yeah, and those are ones where they have, by their own words, confessed about them. Yeah. Where yep. this is, you don't need to go down some alex jones believes this because he's seen different things in the news and you know pointed different things together to come to this conclusion or some crazy person on youtube who's just you know driving his car and said they'll doing a rant video you know these are the agencies coming out and saying yes we've been doing it kind of like what i said just happened recently um with uh, this portal for uh, rapid takedown on facebook and other big tech organizations uh, where right. DHS has openly come out and said, yep, we've been doing this. So they need a lot of the times catastrophe, something big, horrible to get people to have a knee-jerk freak-out reaction to go and surrender their rights. And so some of these are genuinely stuff that happened and got away from them and they did not see coming. A lot of times, though, there's ones where they say we can prevent this and try to use this for just some basic funding. And other ones, they say, you know, let's just, you know, stand back and not do anything, turn a blind eye for a moment. And, uh, you know, we'll have uh, here we have a blank list of reasons. And there's this wonderful bill that's already been pre-written for us to uh, seize a little more power. Right. You mentioned something about before the FBI and the CIA. Um, the The name was on the tip of my tongue, so I looked it up. It, it was the OSS, the Office of Strategic Services. Yes. Um, I've got a little blurb here from Wikipedia. The Office of Strategic Services, or OSS, was the intelligence, intelligence agency of the United States during World War II. The OSS was formed as an agency of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to coordinate espionage activities behind enemy lines for all branches of the United States Armed Forces. Other OSS functions included the use of propaganda, subversion, and post-war planning. The OSS was dissolved a month after the end of the war. Intelligence tasks were sh shortly later resumed and carried over by its successors, the Department of State's Bureau of Intelligence and Research, the INR, and the independent 
Central Intelligence Agency, or CIA as we know it now. Yeah, the first one be, uh, later evolving into what would later be known as the FBI. Right, exactly. And um, so the key, the key words I see there are propaganda, subversion, and post-war planning. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, basically, uh, it, it, all it's done is grow, change its methodhood before for uh, taking down information. Obviously, they didn't have a takedown portal for the Internet, but uh, they did have the Department of, I think it was called the Department of Censorship. Um, I might be wrong on that title, but the term that uh, most listeners will be familiar with, loose listing ships, that came from Pearl Harbor. That was to get people to, hey, don't talk about the war. Don't talk about things going on with the war or what you think is going on with the war because there might be spies listening. And so uh, the Department of Censorship or the Bureau of Censorship, I forget which it was, um, was formed under that it's just it's evolved now to the digital age because we're in the digital age yeah absolutely uh you just spurred a train of thought speaking about that have you heard of the smith munt modernization act i don't think i have okay so this is um this is wild let me pull up an article here um this is a scholarly article written by weston r sager Apple Pie Propaganda, the Smith-Munt Act before and after the repeal of the domestic uh, dissemination ban. So prior to 2012, there had been a ban on propagandizing U.S. citizens as we did countries abroad, right? Mm -hmm. But as of 2012, under Obama, they passed this the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, modernizing the Smith-Munt Act so that they could, they meaning intelligence agencies, could propagandize U.S. citizens as they do the rest of the world. So apparently they spend a million dollars a week propagandizing the U.S. public through newspaper articles, um, every form of media. News, they will write stories for the news, they will edit stories for the news, they will edit movie scripts. They will. They've even written and promote and uh, produced movies mm-hmm. with the whole goal of propaganda. So I'm thinking um, American Sniper is probably a prime example of that. Uh, yeah, and it goes even into uh, fiction films. Um, you ever wonder how something as uh, poorly done as uh, Transformers manages to net money? Um, part of what will happen is if you can basically the the mile goal is to get people to want to enlist to join the military to help them with their recruitment to put it in favorable light for them uh like superman uh man of steel uh that was another one because of how they would involve the uh, soldiers in it and so the u.s government was cutting a big check for uh those movies but yeah anytime you see uh, a war movie of any sort like uh fury starring brad pitt and uh, Shia LaBeouf and a few others. Uh, that would be another example. But yeah, if it can get you to want to uh, join, or at least arguably want to join the military, you know, there's 
that's where that falls in. So that even goes with fiction films along with, uh, you know, based on true stories. Right. So let me read, I'll read uh, just the abstract and the introduction from this paper. Um, so here's the abstract. For over 60 years, the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, I'm sorry, the Smith-Munt Act prohibited the U.S. Department of State and the Broadcasting Board of Governors from disseminating government-produced programming within the United States over fears that these agencies would propagandize the American people. However, in 2013, Congress abolished the domestic dissemination ban, which has led to a heated debate about the role of the federal government in the public discourse. Although the 2013 repeal of the domestic dissemination ban promotes greater government transparency and may help counter anti-American sentiment at home, it also gives the federal government greater power to covertly influence public opinion. To curb the potential harm of surreptitious government propaganda while also preserving the benefits um, of repeal. This note advocates for requiring the State Department and the BBG, which is the Broadcasting Board of Governors, to clearly attribute any government produced programming these agencies disseminate within the United States. This note contends that attributions can be best accomplished in one of two ways, by passing new attribution legislation similar to that of the failed Truth and Broadcasting Act of 2005, or by expanding the, judici uh, the judicially created government speech doctrine to require these agencies to properly attribute any material they distribute to the American public. Yeah, I think we that, mentioned that, this on our uh, previous segment, but yeah, basically by uh, their actions in 2013, your government is allowed to run propaganda on you. That's basically what that means for everyone listening. Yeah, that was kind of said in legalese. Here's here's a more, uh, more succinct uh, statement, just a one paragraph introduction. In 2012, the United States spent over three quarters of a billion dollars funding government agencies that produce and broadcast programming around the globe. Yet for over 60 years, all international broadcasts produced by the federal government could not be disseminated within the United States. A longstanding provision contained within the Information and Educational Exchange Act of 1948, commonly known as the Smith-Munt Act, prohibited the federal government from domestically disseminating any government-produced programming intended for a foreign audience, such as Voice of America and Radio Free Europe broadcasts. That all changed when the ban was lifted on July 2, 2013, allowing the U.S. Department of State and the Broadcasting Board of governors to disseminate their programming to the American people with few restrictions. Yeah. Pretty heavy. Yep. And, you know, there's no going back once that cat's out of the bag, right? Oh, and no. you, like you said, now, you, you know, um, it, it can go even so far as to like that movie Black Panther. Who knows if if uh, intelligence agencies had a hand in that, 
but it paints the Black Panthers as the villains. You're not you know? assuming you're not talking about Marvel's Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I am. And then there's a recent one, I forget the name, but it, it was a uh, Woman King or something like that. Yeah. And it's gl- glorifying this female king in Eng- in uh in Africa, which I mean that that part's all fine and dandy. But what this woman actually did, she was a slave was round up and sell slaves. Yeah. She one was of the a, most ruthless. a key com- Yeah, one of the most ruthless people in the history of the world and she was a key chain, key link in the chain of the Atlantic slave trade. Mhm. And on top um, of that, they uh I haven't seen the movie. It just doesn't look like my cup of tea. Same. Um, but uh, so I don't know how they portray it, but I believe it was within the course of 12 hours. Uh, I believe it was the French in this movie that they were going up against. Wiped their asses, basically. Just absolutely demolished their forces. So... Yes, there was a uh, a woman king, I guess, as they are trying to call it there, and a group of female soldiers, and that particular tribe was one of the key pins in uh, rounding up uh, other tribes and capturing them and selling them as slaves across the ocean, and also some people that would get separated from their camp from European countries and selling them to other tribes as slaves as well. They indiscriminately would sell people as slaves with no loyalty whatsoever. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, everything about it just to make you it, that's propaganda to get you to react a certain emotional way. If you can go and get latched onto something and then someone wants to tell you the truth that completely differs and you get uptight, defensive, um, that means likely that propaganda has sunk in and is starting to have an effect on you. If you right. can't, because I mean, I'm all for yeah, I'm all for the empowerment of women, but this woman was a hor- you know, a horrible yeah. historical figure. So yeah. for, of all Not the people to hold up as here's a an example of of empowered women, like what a horrible example. Yeah, yeah, not exactly what we want uh, to be emulated in the message. Sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. That's all right. Um, well, this might be a good good place to shift gears a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, let's uh, switch the topics up here. Some. All right. I got an article about APAC. Are you are you familiar with the inner workings of APAC at all? Or, um, I'm familiar with them a little bit. I might not be sure where you're leading with what APAC did recently. Well, I don't know about recently, but, you know, Israel's in the news recently. So I figured I would just kind of give people a little just a little background of how deep the roots go into our government. Um, and, and once again, I'm not anti-Semitic in any way, shape or form. I'm not racist. I don't hate anybody. I'm just I'm suspicious. Right. I'm suspicious. And when money comes into politics, it garners favor and control. And APAC is one of the biggest lobbying groups, if not the biggest. And many members of our Congress are members of APAC. Um, and it's spelled A-I-P-A-C for people who don't know. But here's, a, here's an article from The Nation. This is how APAC really works. An APAC and Capitol Hill veteran 
explains the lobby's tactic of reward and retribution. This is written by uh, M.J. Rosenberg for The Nation, February 2019. And he continues. One thing that should be said about Representative Ilhan Omar's tweet about the power of the uh, American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, more commonly known as APAC, or the Israel Lobby, is that the hysterical reaction to it proved her main point. The power of APAC over members of Congress is literally awesome, although not in a good way. Has anyone ever seen so many members of Congress of both parties running to the microphone and sending our press releases to de- sending out press releases to denounce uh, one first term one first termer critic uh, of the powerful lobby? So they're talking about Ilhan Omar criticizing APAC and the, the I guess she called it the Israel lobby. Somehow, I don't think the reaction would have been the same if she would have tweeted that Congress still supports the ethanol subsidy because the American Farm Bureau and other components of the corn ethanol lobby spend millions to keep the agribusiness bonanza going, which they do. Or that if she had opposed the ethanol subsidy, she would have been accused of hating farmers. That's American politics. The only difference between all the domestic lobbies that essentially buy support for their agenda is that APAC is working for a foreign government. A distinction, but not much of a difference when the goal is to maintain a status quo that is not necessarily in the national interest. What did Omar tweet that was so terrible anyway? Actually, it was two tweets that produced the unsettling but oh-so-telling coming together of President Donald Trump and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in common denunciation of the first-term member of Congress. Omar's crime, daring to suggest that campaign contributions orchestrated by APAC play a large part in achieving bipartisan support for anything proposed by the Israeli government and or its lobby APAC. This is, of course, something everyone knows and which even a former president of APAC once admitted in a conversation that was recorded by an interlocutor. In fact, as early as 1988, 60 Minutes did a segment on how APAC divvies up the money. Moreover, I, as an employee of the lobby from 1973 to 1975 and 1982 to 1986, repeatedly and personally witnessed the whole process of funding and defunding, which is anything but a secret within the organization. Additionally, I spent spent close to 20 years as a legislative assistant to Democratic House and Senate members and saw APAC's tactics of reward and retribution from that vantage point too. Officially, of course, APAC does not engage in political fundraising. It would be illegal for it to do so. And the lobby is vehement on the point that it doesn't. And it is true that, to my knowledge, it does not directly raise money to support or defeat candidates. But that is just a technicality. Political fundraising is a huge part of APAC's operation one of the three top positions in its massive Washington, D.C. headquarters, 
is that of political director who runs both the Washington political operation, his annual salary is over 450,000, and deputy regional directors around the country. Here's how APAC describes what these officials do as described in a help wanted description for the Los Angeles deputy regional political director. So for a job ad, help track House and Senate races in the region, assist with planning and ex executing local congress, assist and assist with planning and executing local congressional club events and congressional club of components in local events, attend and assist in regional events, establish and maintain contact with House and Senate campaigns to assist in the scheduling of candidate meetings and facilitate the submission of position papers. Solicit financial support for APAC's annual campaign. Conduct candidate meetings, research, track, and record FEC and polling data, work with colleagues to increase pro-Israel political participation in the region, and then in parentheses, solicit congressional club commitments, assist with APAC legislative grassroots mobilizations, assist with scheduling and organizing of caucuses in the regions and lobbying appointments during APAC political policy conference, assist with the integration of APAC's activist bases in the Jewish and outreach communities, promote participation at local and national APAC events, including regional events and national political training conferences, research, gather, deliver information requested by pro-Israel political activists and other duties as assigned. And I'll just finish up with this last paragraph. Not mentioned is what all the information is used for, political fundraising. That means making sure that pro-Israel PACs know what to do with their money and making sure that individual donors know what to do with theirs. That is why APAC has a large national political operation. If it were not in the money distribution get business, it would simply rely on its legislative department to lobby for and draft legislation with members of Congress. Nor would its political director make half a million dollars a year. In short, APAC's political operation is used precisely as Representative Omar suggested. But you can't say that kind of stuff, right? I mean, she got called an anti-Semite, and there was a huge backlash against her. Um, I mean, it's it's really crazy the depth to which that goes. Um, I've even been speaking of Facebook. I've been kicked off of Facebook for thirty days at a time, just in talking about individual attacks that Israel carried out in Palestine. Dang. Yeah, it's it's a mind blow. So I'm going to look up the definition. What do you, so what do you think of that? I'm going to look up the de definition of anti-Semitic while we're while we're talking about this. Okay. So wait, you got kicked off, and they stated that as the reason for anti-Semitism. No, they don't even tell you. They just say you violated our terms of service. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it always gets tricky when you have, 
uh, four letter agencies running around because everyone, like we said earlier with earlier in our talk here, uh, agencies want to sustain and keep themselves going and keep themselves relevant and build more power. You can't go and create something in the government and then just say, okay, we no longer have any use for that and then shut it down that people don't like going out of jobs like that. Same reason for why we'll probably won't find the cure for cancer because right. a lot of people will go all of a sudden from making buku kuchu bucks to not making anything at all and being completely irrelevant. So mm -hmm. I haven't uh, looked as much into them, honestly. Uh, however, um, everything you're saying doesn't sound too out of the norm for what I would expect a job position like that to be when you're, you're a government, I mean, you're outside of the government, but just like a lot of other three-letter agencies and things like that work directly as hands for government, uh, basically the, the enforcement of and the operations with to create. It, it used to be that laws were created in Congress and then uh, executed through... Uh, the executive branch and made into law, but then pretty much somewhere along the line, Congress decided to give up their power and to just simply put it into organizations, uh, bureaucratical powers that now run things. So now they don't have to do things like, uh, pass different laws on uh, certain gun, uh, gun control things, we have the ATF for that. They don't have to change monetary uh, policies themselves. We have the uh, IMF and uh, I'm sorry, it's really late where I'm at right now. Uh, yeah, the, IMF, the, Federal, the Reserve. Federal Reserve. Yeah, so, you know, rather than Congress having that actual authority and then having to work together and run compromises, they've kneecapped themselves, I would argue, on purpose and created organizations so that that way they can do the bidding of government and, you know, they can be like, oh, it's out of our hands. So yeah, I agree. I mean, you brought up a great example of that uh, more contemporary and bigger example, the Biden laptop. Yeah. Right. So the FBI was saying that, no, 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 there's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Well, there absolutely is a ton of stuff there. Right. Yeah. It's been coming out little by little. Um, apparently, there are three laptops, missing laptops. Yeah. Um, that we know that they've been upfront about now. Right. That we know of. Right. Yeah. Um, so here's the FBI siding with the Democratic Party, basically, wouldn't you say? Yeah, basically. And so pretty much, you know, by Democrat, we mean uniparty. There's plenty of uh, Republicans, although a decent amount of them are uh, on their way out right now, uh, who have been siding in with the uniparty pretty much as pretty much Democrat soft. Uh, right when it comes to uh, major actual impact decisions that get made in Congress, which like we said, 
are fairly few and far between on how they will radically change your life because we've had a Congress that decided to just hand everything over to government organizations so that that way they can move the ball along faster in their direction. But when it comes time for that, you know, they side with Democrats a lot of times, you know. Yeah. And um, Romney, Mitch McConnell. Um, yeah. Yeah. The um, daughter of uh, our former vice president, uh, Liz, Liz Cheney. Cheney. Yep. Was, yeah. Thank God on her way out. She got slaughtered in the midterms, I th- or not midterms, um, the primary. I think it was they once they closed the polls and started uh, pulling things through, people have just had enough of these uniparty establishment people. And I think it was four minutes into counting votes, they just called it with, I think, 4% of the vote in because they that just is- knew it was bad. That is cause for celebration. I mean, you know, come on. The the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And her father was Dick frickin' Cheney. Come Mm -hmm. on. She shouldn't have ever had a chance of being elected to any office just based on that, on on the horrific things that happened while her father was vice president. Yeah, but, you know, all you have to do is make a couple calls, have your dad make a couple calls, and... uh get some people on board and then all of a sudden money flows in and um, yeah, you know, it's easy to say that she shouldn't have had a chance, but a lot of people minus the people who listen to stuff like this and uh, other alternative news sites or people like you and me who dig around and do our own questions. Most people are asleep at the wheel when it comes to everything happening in the nation. And so much like a, we said, uh, instance with Bush on, uh, oh, Mr. President, everything's happened. Here's what we're going to do. Sign this. And, you know, people are like, oh, no, what do we do? And the media goes, oh, don't worry. This is what we're going to do. Wear a mask. Get this six shot. And, uh, yeah, just do as we tell you. Stay inside. Don't ask questions. You know, this is for the good of democracy. So, yeah. Yeah. I when, mean, we when saw you that ask, during, you should uh... have had a shot. That's where it comes into. We, yeah, we saw that during 9-11, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. what should we do? You should go shopping and buy duct tape and plastic. Yep, it was that and uh, the other famous speech, play ball. Yeah. Two-word uh, speech. That was, I honestly think that'll be the two, if I had to say the two biggest speeches, if I had to narrow it down to just two, would be his I can hear you on uh, September 11th when uh, he was handed the megaphone and someone yelled out, we can't hear you. Uh, and then he told him I can mm-hmm. hear you and got a big arousal. Um, I would also say his next biggest speech right after that would be play ball. Yeah. Because everything started to slow down and that got thing moving, but we've been bubble jumping. And right now, as everybody's about to see this bubbles about to, we're running out of bubbles to jump. Yep. And so it's gone from, yep. oof, this could have been, like from the dot-com bubble, oof, this could have been bad, bubble hop. And then we've just been bubble hopping, you know, all the way through. We'd had the uh, 08 uh, housing crisis, and we just continually bubble hop down to now where COVID's come and we've run out of bubbles and everything's about to take one big giant dump. 
Um, yeah. So it's, it's just, just been pumping it, trillions into the economy. Yeah. Rather than let things run its course, we've been bubble jumping and I don't think we have many more bubbles to jump to, if any. And it gets yeah, bigger as it goes. I would agree. And if you look at, uh, you know, financial advisors online on YouTube or whatever, they're, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Most of them are investing for, in foreign, uh, you know, commodities and markets now because they don't trust our market. Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately, well, that's all that the U.S. dollar is based off of is how much did you trust the U.S. dollar? And it used right. to be it was the U.S. dollar is backed by gold. And then it became the U.S. dollar is backed by petrol. So that put a big amount of trust through. Now it's not even that. The moment people say just no and have no faith in it, the moment everything takes, that was the main, I, I was trying to explain this to my mother-in-law when I was telling her, you know, if we have a depression, it's not going to be a depression. It's going to be an economic collapse. And she rebutted with other recessions. Plus look at the great depression that we had. And I told her the big difference between what's about to happen. And back then is gold. It was mm -hmm. backed by real money. We can't have it backed right now by petrol. We've really pissed off Saudi Arabia to no end um, with how we've treated them, how Biden has gone and called them murderers and then tried to do his own uh, – I can't speak tonight – quid pro quo with trying to get them to pump oil to the end of November – and then it's like, yeah, I don't give a crap after that. You can quit pumping for all I care. But uh, to try and cover yeah. things up for him. It's and, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. And then they went and they were so pissed with him that apparently they just went and opened letter to the world and said, here's everything that was basically said. And um, we're cutting by, I think it was either two million or two and a half million barrels a day, which is why we're about to see prices are now slowly going up and to offset that it's been releasing uh, petroleum from our strategic preserve. So, and yeah, what while we're doing wrong, that, huh? yeah, Robert, what could go wrong? By the way, Biden's about to go uh, have a chit chat with uh, President Xi, who now has pretty much just became president for life. Thanks to his uh, unprecedented third term win. So he's already pissed off uh, Russia. He's pissed off China several times going in again, pissed off Saudi Arabia. We already have natural enemies that you don't have to piss off who hate us. Right. And uh, North Korea has been getting uh, a little trigger happy, trying to test things with their rockets and their missiles. So, but yeah, what could possibly go wrong? It's not like we're on the brink of war. Let's just keep dumping the oil to try and win an election. I think and now I've also been seeing uh, news articles saying that the East Coast, my area, major cities uh, might actually run out of uh, petroleum for uh, or diesel for a couple of days. And everything's delivered on diesel because everything is brought around by a truck. At some point it gets on a truck and it is delivered somewhere, including gas. Yeah. So it, we're in for a bruising right now. Yeah, it blows me away how how few people, when I talk to people and I ask them, you know, have you heard of the petrodollar? 
it amazes me how few people are familiar with that whole concept. So I just want to give a little overview of it. Yeah. So right after World War II, we made a deal with Saudi Arabia that they would only sell oil in the U.S. dollar. So if anybody in the world wanted to buy Saudi Arabian oil, they had to convert their currency to dollars and then buy that oil in dollars. Mm-hmm. So that propped up the U.S. dollar and it, and, it, and it gave it a solid footing when after we had removed the gold standard, because it used to be based on a finite amount of gold. There's a finite amount of dollar bills and those each represent a, a set amount of gold. Well, when we took it off the gold standard, it basically became monopoly money. It became what's called a fiat currency. So having that, the petrodollar agreement really anchored it in something, it propped it up is what it did. Um, And now, like you say, we've, you know, Saudi Arabia straight up told Biden, no, we're not going to, no, we're not even going to deal with you. Mm -hmm. And and they're going to start selling China oil in the yen. They may have started already. China and Russia have made an agreement to yeah. um, China's going to buy Russian gas in the yen. Mm-hmm. So all these people are circumventing. So the pet- the petrodollar, if not over, it's it's on the way out, and that has been propping up our paper, you know, uh, fiat currency for decades since world war ii so like you said we have a major reckoning because you know eventually it could be that you your dollars in the bank are just a pile of paper yeah and uh here's the other thing when you look at that all the inflation that you're seeing right now in the u.s for the u.s listeners is bad enough as it is but that is all based on U.S. dollars that are here in the United States. Way, 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 way more U.S. dollars are over in China alone. And almost as much as the amount that's in China is over in Russia and a whole bunch of other countries because everybody needs gas and they're using the U.S. dollar. The moment that stops and those dollars become... They just say they make the full switch over to the the ruble and the yuan or the yuan, I believe is how you say it. And what happens with those dollars? They get sent right back in to the U.S. economy. And then you're going to see a spike that you cannot possibly fathom. And on top of that, not only will inflation be historical uh, worse than anything that ever happened in the great depression but not only will it be that bad with uh, inflation and all the money coming back and uh, we we won't have any way to be able to pay our debt and on top of that with the inflation um, we already have a lot of highways uh, sold to china a couple ports are sold to china uh different sections of land are sold to China. So they already own a decent amount of our infrastructure, our highways and different things like that. The bill comes due. And eventually if they saying your dollar isn't worth anything, you are economically shambled. You actually have a debt, you know, the bills do. It's an immediate, it's all of that happens at once. There's no, 
gradual going through things on that. It is everything gets, they stop using that. Everything comes back into the U.S. that are U.S. dollars. Our inflation goes through the roof overnight, much like uh, Germany after uh, their defeat in World War I, uh, but probably in all honesty worse. And then on top of that, we have, I think we're, I think I heard today we're over $31 trillion in debt. That bill comes due. And what are you paying it with? Dave, you still with me? Did I lose you for a second there, Trev? Uh, I've. It shows that I've been connected and that you've been connected. Did I go time. blank for a minute? Did I go yeah. silent for a minute? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay, that was weird. Um, I was just saying. So imagine uh, if they if the debt does come due. You know, China yeah. says, "All right, we need our money." Well, then all of all shipments from China are going to stop at that very same moment as well. And look at all the goods in our, not only stores, department stores, clothing stores, look at all the goods that are from China. Well, those mm -hmm. won't be available anymore. Yep. And uh, yeah, it, it would just be an immediate crumbling in the U.S., which brings us back to our uh, last episode we did together on uh, a brand new digital dollar. Yeah. throughout the world and uh bill gates deciding he's going to uh be the wallet that that's run through so wow i haven't heard that that's harrowing you haven't heard that we, we did that on our uh, last episode when i read that uh that patent to you you know oh, that? that's right that's right that's right yeah so that's setting up for a lot of stuff happening. And uh, just to give you an idea about digital currency, it's programmable. So right. that could mean to guard against inflation. It says you have X amount of time to spend this amount of money that has been uh, allotted to you in your account or it's gone. Or, or it expires, right? Yep, gone, expires. Um, another thing is if you look at uh, recently with uh, Visa and MasterCard, how they put codes on for guns and ammo purchase. We go to a digital dollar. I promise you, you will never buy firearms, ammunition, or anything of the sort related ever again. You think they're really going to allow that with it? So, oh, No that way. Is, that'll be one of the first things oh, to no. go. Yep. That'll, that'll be it. Me like, sorry, uh, we don't allow purchases being done with this so yeah they'll they'll know absolutely everything and bill gates wants it chipped you know what why don't i uh why don't we review this since uh it's clearly been a while since yeah, uh absolutely so while you're doing that i want to read off some if i can find them right here might be buried but some profit so we're being told that the the oil prices are all basically supply chain, it's inflation, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the oil companies are marking record profits. Um, 
So Shell's shareholder returns are through the roof in 2022, almost triple what they were in 2017. Um, trying to find some some concrete figures here, but I'm just getting a bunch of graphs. Well, the thing is, you have to look at 2020 when nobody was buying uh, gas and oil and it right. took a big dip. So a lot of that was compared to the jump when you go from everything shut down to we're up and moving. We need stuff over here fast and uh, massive purchases being made. So if you go from a big dip up down to... Uh, where we're at today, that's a big jump compared to if it was where were we in 2017 to where we are today, an increase, but not not by uh, nearly as much as what some companies are making it out to be. Because in 2020, everybody was locked down all throughout the world. So they took a massive punch to the chin with that. Yeah, and I'm convinced that that's why we're seeing these exorbitant prices is because they feel like they lost money in 2020, so they're making that back now. Yeah, uh, I, I I wouldn't be too shocked on that, but uh, it also current, makes you pretty it, nervous too when you have a president that says, uh, I'm going to shut down petrol, and uh, well, you had to bomb a pipeline just to give you a general idea. But um, so I would be concerned about doing business and then having no way to turn over a profit and then just be in the hole. So it does go back and forth. So for the U.S. drilling, yes, I see that internationally. No, they're they're just figuring out, are we going to do dollars or yuan? Yeah, absolutely. So it looks like, the big oil companies made approximately fifty million dollars in fifty billion, excuse me, in profit in the second quarter of twenty twenty two. Fifty billion in profit. Yeah. Most most of them up a hundred, hundred and fifty percent of uh, of usual annual profits. So it's pretty wild. There's something yeah. at play there besides uh, supply lines or, you know, organic inflation. Yeah, it's a big changeover. One of the big things like uh, on our, I want to say our very first talk that we did together, fourth turning, the changing of uh, order powers. You know, this isn't, you know, when they say new world order, you have to keep in mind there have been many world orders and then I'll call for a new world order. Right now we need a new world order because the one that we have right now is crumbling, it's cracking, it's decaying, and we need something else to go to. The only problem is what are we going to? Is it going to be uh, nation states that uh, form their own alliances and economic ties and uh, go back to standard currency of gold and silver or uh, some sort of a representative currency, even if it's based on some form of energy or gold and silver, 
would be anything better than what we have right now? Or are we going to go to a Klaus Schwab one world uh, order run by oligarchs and elitist and you will live in the pods and you will own nothing and you will be happy? So in a fully manipulatable digital currency. Right. Exactly. So we are getting a new world order here. We're going through that transition period. It's nothing that anybody can do to fight. It is happening. You're living through a transitory time, not to sound like the government, but we are in a transition phase into a new world order. Right now, what you're seeing is a battle for the powers on, is it going to be the world economics forms version, or is this going to be more of a populist and a nationalist take on it? I'm right. hoping for the latter. But and China and Russia and Iran, India, Indonesia have all joined together and they want to do populist. So, and then you've got Charles Schwab joining forces with Bill Gates talking about you will own nothing and you will be happy and promoting mm -hmm. a digital currency. Um, so it's it, it like it, exactly like you said, it's shaking out right now. What remains to be seen is how it will shake out. Exactly. So, yeah, we, it, we will go through a change. We will get a new world order. You're living in one of the uh, major blocks of history time that people will look back and uh, read about in history books if they're allowed to. Um, the only thing will be um, we right now we're just figuring out what will people read. But right. you're it, it will be one a major period in history. It will not be one of the silent years. Absolutely so, not. Now this will be this will be up there with World War One and two. Yep, and Civil War and Revolutionary War and pioneers coming to the United States. It, Possibly the redrawing of maps, right? Yeah, I mean that happened. You have to understand that was a big thing that happened throughout uh, World War One and World War Two. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, changed uh, drawing up of uh, maps a little bit during uh, the Civil War time. Uh, that was where uh, we had the creation of uh, West Virginia, for example. You know, there you go. broke away from Virginia and said, uh -uh, we don't want to be a part of a, a rebellion and a, a slave state. And they broke off as a part of what was Virginia and became West Virginia and sided with the Union. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, this could absolutely shape out to be lines drawn. And yeah, I have everything on the board to see that. Uh, regarding some excerpts from uh, regarding this digital currency, yeah. the man who wants to control your wallet, your digital wallet, Bill Gates. If you look up, um, you, you can look up his patent, and his patent number is W0, I'm sorry, W O. Two zero, two zero, zero six, zero six, zero six. The first four digits being the year it was filed, twenty twenty. Um, and so, if you were to file one based off of whatever's left this year, and you met the qualifications to file a patent, your first numbers would be two zero two two, and then your subsequent number for the patent. Um, which are, to my understanding... Can you, can you read that whole number again, just so people can look it up? Sure. W0, 
I'm sorry, t- let me start that again. W O two zero two zero zero six zero six zero six. Now those are sequential after the your year number is set. So he could have come in earlier and done one, or he could come in later and done one, but he landed on for his number zero six zero six zero six. Um, on a way to control all currency, make it programmable, where if you want to participate, buy and sell anything, you will have to have this chip. So not revolution, or not revolution, not a book of revelation creepy at all, but um, I'm going to read for you a couple highlighted excerpts from it because this this thing is scrolling. We'd be doubling our time if I just read the whole thing from top to bottom. Um so some excerpts from it. Uh, the body activity. So this is talking about this chip that will read body activity and it's going to uh, how it's going to function and how it's going to pretty much be able to record your work and automatically divvy out pay to make sure you've actually done your work. The body activity may include, for example, but not limited to radiation emitted from the human body, brain activities, body fluid, uh, body fluid flow parentheses, e.g. blood flow, organ activity or movement, body movement, or any other activities that can be sensed and represented by images, waves, signals, text, numbers, degrees, or any other form of information or data. Examples of body radiation emitted from human body may include radiant heat of the body, pulse rate, or brain wave. And then he goes on here in this next sentence, Brain waves may uh, comprise, uh, for example, but not limited to. So here's what it may comprise that it's going to read. One, gamma waves involved in learning or memory task. Two, beta waves involved in logical thinking and or conscious thought. Three, alpha waves, which may be related to subconscious thoughts. Four, theta waves which may be related to thoughts involving deep and raw emotion. Five, delta waves, which may be involved in sleep or deep relaxation. Uh, We go on here, another part and through here. Um, And um, just so you understand this portion here, um, there are uh, sections here with uh, graphs and drawings that are labeled by numbers. So that's part of what you'll hear me talking about here. Alternatively, sensor 140 may be included and integrated to use uh, in user device 130. For example, user device 130 may be wearable device having sensor 140 therein. The sensor 140 may transmit information slash data to user 130. Sensor 140 may include, for example, but not limited to, here's where we get interesting, Functional Magnetic uh, Renaissance Imaging, FMRI, scanners or uh, sensors. Forgive me, this is a big word. Electroencephalography, parentheses, EEG sensors, near uh, infrared uh, spectros. I can't read some of these words. I didn't go to college like Bill Gates. spectroscopy sensors, heart rate monitors, thermal sensors, optical sensors, radio frequencies, parentheses, RF sensors, 
ultrasonic sensors, cameras, uh, or any other sensor or scanner that can measure or sense body activity or scan human body. For example, the fMRI may measure body activity by detecting changes associated with blood flow. The fMRI uh, may use magnetic field and radio waves to create detailed images of the body, parentheses, blood flow in the brain to detect areas of activity. Wow. Yep. Uh, wow. Oh, I just and, typed it in and uh, a couple things pop up. You know, um, one one was, does Bill Gates really just get patent six six? the 666 patent right zero six zero six six zero six and if you know in math zero is a placeholder right so that's six 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 yeah that's uh extremely unnerving i mean it doesn't everything i've seen doesn't say it will be chipped into your forehead or right hand but i wouldn't be too shocked Uh, now from what you just read it doesn't have to be though you could wear it as a watch yeah I mean, but I mean, as we know, Bill, Ch- uh, Bill Chip, Bill Gates has been obsessed with chipping uh, things and people wanting to inject chips into people. That was one of the things he wanted to do for uh, COVID vaccines, which for some reason, the guy who struggles with Windows, which is known for viruses uh, to be its absolute Achilles heel, wanted to get into vaccines for viruses and use chips. But uh, yeah little scary yes it is a little freaky so i do believe that you know it could be wearable but it could also eventually they're going to just simply be they've already had it with uh chips where you can inject it and uh use it to open doors and uh punch in or out at your work office things like that so right there was a uh, there was a family on the news in florida they wanted to be the first family to be completely chipped so they they got their chip and it's in it's in between your forefinger and thumb in that area right there. Yep. And it's the size of a grain of rice. And um, just like chipping your dog or your cat, it tracks their location at all times. So they're like, oh, it makes me feel so good being you know more comfortable being a parent. I always know where my child is. And so does um, the government. But, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like you said, it could be used to open doors or not. You can be prevented from now opening that door, right? Just turn your chip off. Um, but then imagine it, that that's your bank account, your medical information and everything, and somebody turns your chip off. Now you can't go to the doctor. You don't mm-hmm. have access to your bank account. You basically could be erased from existing. Yeah. Now let's uh, carry that on a little bit further here. These people have said openly before 2020, China is the model. Now, everybody in China is absolutely freaked out because of the heavy surveillance state and they have social credit scores. And so it monitors your behavior and it will force you to comply with behavior or you're in deep trouble and you could be even rounded up, taken away, or you'll become a social pariah. You'll become indebted. You can have family turn on you because they're freaked out about it. But, um, yeah, you just simply take China, but you give them a big tech boost. And, right. you know, imagine, you know, cancel culture, but with everything. 
so on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's a lot of these things right now with uh, like Samsung does fridges for some reason where you can, uh, it'll tell you everything that's in your fridge and, um, you know, you're going to be, uh, you're going to have to give me a real good reason on why when it becomes mandatory for a lot of this for banking and stuff that it wouldn't lock you out of your own fridge. You, right. They want to do away with uh, people driving their own cars and make everything basically subscription service. You want to go somewhere? Sorry, you can't do to, you know, fill in whatever. We'll just say um, you you uh, said some things on uh, Facebook, just for instance, just to go along with the example. Um, right. Therefore, you've been uh, locked out. You will not be able to order a ride. You could probably try and use it for your fridge or to order more groceries. You're still locked out of that as well. Um, you can't make any purchases because you've been locked out of accounts. Um, sorry, we're not going to let you, uh, you know, make any uh, 911 service calls or uh, take you medically until you agree to take this vaccine and you uh, go against uh, you take down posts that you've said on this social media and uh, can also dock people for associating and uh, being around you. And so turn you into a social pariah real quick. Yeah. I mean, so, it, it really, so it's, that, it's this really stuff happens, Yeah. This stuff happens in China just without the tech boost. We're looking at the tech boost right now in a patent. Um, right. So imagine the social credit system, but, on steroids so that you can pay attention to people's brain activity, their blood flow. So, you know, if somebody's not working hard enough, uh, mm -hmm. you can, you can get penalized in some way. Um, yep. And then on if they can pay that. attention to your brain activity and which actions, which parts of your brain are firing, they'll know if you're relaxed, they'll know if you are intoxicated, mm -hmm. they'll know if you're using your frontal cortex enough Right. Are you thinking enough? Are you thinking too much? Are you thinking in a rebellious free you don't like? Mm -hmm. And let's uh, this was openly stated by Klaus Schwab in 2017. So timeline here's 2017. And he said, chuckling and uh, enthusiastically that eventually he will have chips uh, throughout everybody where he will be able to uh, feel and know their thoughts. So, you know, everything has you know, uh, pretty much like a, a window back and forth on how things are received, you know, how like operating systems have a, uh, a back-end service to uh, a website for the people actually running the website, and then you get the front end of it, similar to how it might work in banking with digitally with things, you know, someone's going to be yeah. running the other end of that. And he openly gloated that he will be able to uh, know everybody's thoughts and uh, feel their feelings uh, all at once. In I 10 recently years. saw that clip that was, um, yep, on YouTube. I forget what I was watching, but that they, they played that clip and it, and mm -hmm. exactly, he started chuckling. He was, he's making a speech. It's like, he's on a TEDx stage or something, something different. It was on a talk show yeah. and he goes soon. I'll be able to know exactly what the audience is thinking and feeling. And if, if my speech is being well received. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he said that he said that specifically he gave the timeline of in 10 years, he said that in 2017, 
let's round it off right now to 2023 because we're uh, we're pretty much right about there. Um, that doesn't leave us much time, folks. Four years, right. four four right. years and uh, a, a couple months if we're lucky. Right. Um, to conclude further, I was reading off uh, earlier and then I got sidetracked on reading other stuff where I was reading off to you Delta waves, which may be involved in deep relaxation. Um, and then also I wanted to continue on here with a little bit as I scrolled down with more highlighted notes here. Six, electron uh, cephalogram, EEG, which may be a measurement used to uh, evaluate the electrical activity in the brain, such as deep concentration. For example, I'm sorry, examples of the body movement may include, and then here we list things, so he'll know everything about your eye movement. I'm sorry, he'll know everything about your body movement. He'll know your eye movement, facial movement, or any other muscular movements. Furthermore, brain activity can be sensed uh, using the fMRI. The fMRI measures brain activity by detecting changes associated with blood flow. This technique relies on the fact that uh, cerebral uh, cerebral blood flow and uh, neuronal activity are coupled uh, when the area of the brain is in use, blood flow to that region is also increased. So, yeah, I t so they'll know what you're looking at. They'll know they'll know your facial expression without you without even being in the same country. And they'll know your reaction to what you're reading. Oh yeah, because you just you ever walk in and uh, you know or uh, go to the bathroom at a public restroom and it's clearly been in use and involuntarily you'll make a face. They'll know exactly everything. You know, yeah. you're, there's a lot of things that your face will do involuntarily. Did you know that you can't wink without uh, setting off other muscles in your face? So they'll even know if you're winking at someone. I mean, just... Right every little detail about you and in all likelihood this will have just because everything does this day gps um and then likely they'll try and just automatically since oh the dollar has been uh rounded up so this will have your uh bank information and uh uh you know what we'll just kind of make it this uh kind of like an all-in-one thing here for you to interact with so this will have, uh, if you get into uh, some sort of an accident or something, it'll have your medical records. So, you know, all, all that will be right there. They'll be able to quick scan it for you. You know, you might wake up with amnesia or uh, not know who you are or where, uh, what happened or anything. But we'll have all that on there. So with just that quick scan and then we can go and uh, get you to the hospitals and uh, let's check your medical records because, uh, you know, Oh, it shows us who you are, where you lived, and uh, oh, you're uh, all right. You need a couple of more. Uh, you're short on your booster rounds, so we're gonna give you those here. And uh, you haven't had this experimental drug, and um, yeah, it'll you you will be uh, at their whims. Um, and here's the thing that really, really uh, sticks it to you in the long run. Are you still with me? Oh yeah. Um, you can do all the preparing you want, 
stock up on all your food you want. I mean, they'll still know when you're eating it, even if once this thing goes through. But uh, let's just say, okay, I'm going to make myself completely independent of the system. I'm, I've purchased, I've saved up, I've worked hard, I've got worked two, three jobs. My spouse has worked two, three jobs. We've lived extremely frugal and we have officially paid off our entire house, everything we don't owe anything on it. You will never own your own property because if you do not pay your property taxes, then you lose your land. Even if you isn't paid that it a off, clincher? yep, that isn't, that is, and uh, isn't oh, well, that a clincher? Not... You can you can buy property clear and free and mm-hmm. own it completely, but if you fail, if you fall behind, even to a certain extent, your yep. property will be repossessed and then resold. Yep. So you can say like, well, I have all these dollars that have been floating around and they're worthless. So you know, been collecting them. I got plenty. It's like, well, we're not, you know. If you want to pay your taxes, um, it, it, we're doing a digital currency, so you better pay your taxes. Otherwise, we're going to you know, send uh, one of our new hired uh, IRS agents that are now officially a larger number than the Marine Corps um, to your place and uh, arrest you because uh, you're, you're not paying taxes. And uh, while we're at it, we're going to repossess all of your property and you will own nothing and you're probably not going to be too happy about it. But uh, if you take this chip, we might get you on a subscription service pretty much straight from the government. Scary times, man. Scary times. It is. So it's like we said, we're doing one big change right now in these next couple of years. He said by uh, 2027 that this should all be set in place. We've got a few mile marker events that could be popping up within the next years that derail them. George Soros has said that he's absolutely freaked out about this war with uh, Russia and Ukraine and that it could uh, uh, end things for him. And he's genuinely freaked out about he's not too freaked out about a civil war. So that leads me to believe that he's fine with it. And plus all the propaganda has been pushing for it. But um uh, so there's, there's, you know, uh, uh, what's the uh, word for uh, unforeseen events? Um, black swans. There's plenty of black swans go. that uh, could be happening. Stuff that uh, is not even on the board that all of a sudden becomes a thing. But uh, there's uh, plenty of things moving in their direction. There's also things moving in a different direction. And just the fact that uh, things like, the Georgia Guidestones, uh, at least one of them got blown up. You know, I, I'm not advocating violence, but people are waking up a little bit more and they're actually willing to go and take it to one of their uh, holy monuments and pretty much give it to you as a, a big F you and say, uh, we're not going to take it. And, um, you know, we're not going to be a part of your system. You'll have to uh, force us. So. Right. People are standing up. They're starting to now primaries are more important, I feel, than the general at this point. But people are starting to primary out establishment people. So this and the next election may be uh, enough to just if we get the right people in, if we don't get the right person in, it's someone establishment. It doesn't matter if it's on the left or right. It'll be, you know, it'll be done. So 
things are too right. far along. So it would have to absolutely be outsiders and not just an outsider, but an outsider who is very well aware of what's going on and who wants to absolutely take a wrecking ball to this uh, Klaus Schwab New World Order and just ruin their day. And then on top of that, just not just wreck them, but then, you know, like we said, we're collapsing and we need a new world order, but build one that is going to be based on the populace and say, we're going to focus on ourselves. We're not going to go with do a digital currency. Here's what our currency will be backed up on. It'll be a representative based on gold and silver, or it'll be representative based on our energy that we're doing, or it will actually be gold and silver or whatever. Any of those options are better than what we currently got and what they're trying to set up. So absolutely. But and, there's... Uh, I would just urge anybody to, take a step outside of the two-party system i think now is the time um you know we're taught that if you don't vote for the left then you're by default voting for the right well that's not true at all the largest block of voters are non-voters so if we can get you know three quarters of the people that don't vote a hundred million people to vote for a third party it's it's game over but like you said, also primaries are so important. Let's get the right people into place that want to out the, the power, current power structure, that want to have complete and utter uh, you know, game-changer politics. Take down the house of cards. Let's build something up that's not based on a fiat currency. Let's build, let's build a populist movement and policies that actually help the, you know, the most people. The greater good for the most people. Yep. Now, I come from a little bit of a different mindset on it, but somewhat similar to yours. Um, I, I'm not one to want to go to a third party. My, I want to do third party, but the main way I see third party winning is by bringing third party into a, one of the two sides. And, you know, because currently right Taking now we're over. seeing establishment. Yeah. Uh, uh, pretty much uh, a hostile takeover of a party. And honestly, either they pick one or they take over both as long as it can just get rid of the current people in there. So, you know, people that well, we are... All, we almost saw Bernie Sanders do that successfully, but for some reason he bowed out at the last minute, but he had pretty much taken over the Democratic yep. Party. Twice. Right twice and then he got shut down both times 2020 yep so uh they don't they don't want outsiders in there um the another big one i really liked was seeing uh tulsi gabbard who's had one hell of a character arc throughout her career um going from just being do what the establishment says early on into her career to um being left uh old school what i i would call kind of not without being the grimy creepo type but the the bill clinton democrat um for the second term bill clinton style of being her old school liberal type to eventually just saying i'm leaving the party and being independent it would be so much healthier for this nation if we can get to a place where it's not uh 
outsider versus establishment or establishment versus establishment, in which case absolutely nobody wins aside from the establishment. But if we could get to a place where it is something like a Tulsi Gabbard running against a Ron DeSantis, where it is uh, populist left versus populist right, where, okay, one side may not be getting everything they're wanting, but we at least know that there's the general consensus of taking care of the people as a whole and things may not be as good as if the other person gets in, but at least, you know, your whole place isn't going to be going to crap overnight or over the next four years where people don't have to have an absolute panic versus what we're left with nowadays. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Tulsi and it's, it's hilarious to watch people scramble and try to label her like that. She's gone far right or something just because she won't stay in a box. Yeah. Um, she's not easily labeled, you know, she's, she's a free thinker. Yeah. Um, that's the, and uh, that scares people. I've, uh, that scares watched, the establishment. I've watched her. Uh, I don't know if you know this. She has her own podcast out now, but, uh, I've watched a f- or I've listened to a few episodes and she's talked several times. I mean, one of the ones that's big that she's been on straight from the get go is anti this war in Ukraine and that, uh, we need to focus on, you know, if this does not directly affect the U.S., then we need to not be imperialist and bring it back home here. Uh, another one is uh, her change of thought where she said, I used to, I was raised in Hawaii, deep blue, and I've been longtime Democrat serving. Here was my history with guns. Here was it was. And then she went and said, I have changed my views. Here is what changed. Whereas people like right now, unfortunately, I am stuck with this god awful race in Pennsylvania for the Senate of uh, Oz versus Fetterman. Both are absolutely awful. Oz all of a sudden trying to say the right things, but there is no aha. This is where I've come along to thing, and he's one of the people grifting over for power, unfortunately. So, yes, a lot. Yeah, and you're of- talking about Doctor Oz, right? Yes, Dr. Roz, who, you know, I'll I'll speak about it coming from a a right-wing person over here where he says that he is pro-Second Amendment. He says that he is uh, anti uh, the LGBT with the trans stuff happening in schools where he uh, says that I mean, everything he has been saying, if you look on his shows, he was pro- um, sex changes for children as early as 2011, 2010, which is before Barack Obama was even saying that he was pro-gay marriage. So way ahead of that curve as far as how far um, radical he is. He's been advocating all his uh, public life for uh, removing uh, firearms altogether and uh, calling it a I, I can't remember if it was endemic or pandemic, uh, but saying that it, it's a health crisis, basically, kind of like how uh, Rachel Levine has been saying. Um, right. So, so here you're, you're, like po- you're pointing out he hasn't mentioned an aha moment, but he's yes, done a 180 no... on some core issues. Yep. And then, uh, it, but he still lets it slip out a little bit or does the half answer questions. Whereas Tulsi says, yeah, I acknowledge I used to be here. I used to have these feelings and uh, these were my thoughts and these are my takes, but my opinions changed and here's uh, what's changed on it. And here's my new thoughts on it. Uh, right. 
So that I can, I that can, I can accept and that I actually respect because to yeah, be static right. is, is, is weird to me. That it's means you're dug that, into a certain point of view and you're not willing and, uh, and open to accepting new information. Yeah, it was, um, I forget who said this quote, so I, I don't know who to attribute it to, but somebody once said, it is easier to fool a man than to convince a man that he has been fooled. So for somebody who is open to say, okay, I need to relook at things because what I've been raised with or what I've thought and known, quote unquote, known to be true, clearly is not. So I, I, I'm all down for a lot of people on this, you know, establishment and cultic left uh, Democrat and even in the Republican siding with it. Um, are very anti-forgiveness. It's they will go all the way back through your history, pull you through it, and make you renounce long ago in your past. Um, and then people who um, were on the outside but want to join, um, they just absolutely rein them through and won't let them through for their past. They'll let them in for the moment to get whatever advantage they can, but then they will sacrifice them on their altar. Um, whereas people like this will absolutely, I, I can respect them and say, yeah, I understand forgiveness. I understand people are wrong. People make mistakes and okay. You've acknowledged that this is wrong. You've told me where your aha, your come to Jesus moment is that you've realized that it's wrong and how you've come to that conclusion. And you've told me this is where I now stand. So we've gone through the complete transition phase versus here's a chance for me to make money and to grab power. Right. And, and to fall in line that's what Pennsylvania with what's popular saying. now. Yep. And unfortunately, that's what Pennsylvania is at right now. We failed in the primary with that. So for the first time in my life, I've ever since I've been 18 and old enough to vote, I've voted Republican. So for governor i'll be uh voting for the republican i we've uh we've been greatly helped out by uh doug mastriano josh shapiro has gone around and persecuted businesses shut businesses down businesses that were refusing has sent law after them uh tried to find them out of existence um he's he's been an absolute just dictator he is he was tom wolf's right hand man um the whole way through the 2020 crisis so that was our big part and then also shutting people out and saying well we're going to have to count the election everybody knows about the weird graph change during the 2020 election where all of a sudden uh both candidates were curving trump was higher and then all of a sudden there was that straight line directly up and exactly just 90 degree angle change going straight up and then over uh, and then flatten out and say, Oh, there's the wind right there. Um, people don't know, but that he was getting skunked and the Josh Shapiro was getting skunked in the election. And then around when that curve went up, his went up just enough to win out. Um, so he's, uh, he, he's been an absolute mess. So I'll be voting Republican and governor. Um, the thankfully we had a primary and we got rid of a guy named uh, sailor who was absolutely establishment trash on the right. And we're placing her with uh, a person named Wendy Fink, who I'm very excited to 
not a politician, a soccer mom the whole way through. Um, awesome. The biggest thing is she recently got involved with the school board. That's been her as close as you can get to politics with it. So we're getting grassroots people in. When it comes to the Senate race here between Oz and Fetterman, this is the first time where I'm just backing off and not voting. I, I'm not going to vote for Fetterman, who is openly hard left against American people, against the agenda. And much like how we say with Biden being an empty suit run by the DNC, Fetterman has mentally is far worse off than what Biden is. And that's a something I never thought I'd be actually saying, but he's not there. And what's there is scary, hard left and Oz just the same guy, just better spoken, you know, and they both agree from Oz's past and where all of a sudden he just randomly just changes on things. They both agree on the exact same issues. I'm, I don't have a lot of respect for single party voters who will say, I am only voting based on one issue, but hell, I can't even be put myself as a single party voter and vote in this race because they are exactly the same on all of their issues. Every single one. I can't go and say, all right, well, I'll, I'll vote on how I feel about second amendment. Nope. They're, they're both exactly the same. Uh, I'll vote about how I feel about the vaccines. Nope. They're exactly the same. I'll, I'll vote about how I feel with the spending. Nope. They're exactly the same. All, every single issue, the whole way down the block, they are in unison. It is. So you're really not given a choice. I, I'm not. And so I've gotten to the point where back in my day, I probably would have gone and say, well, I, I guess I'll, you know, party alliance, uh, but this is the, I, I've been gotten to a point where it's, I've gotten further enough in my journey where it says, nope, I'm done with this. So I will let other people in the dark battle it out between who they want to take away my guns. I let them battle it out, who they want to be the vote deciding if we get, um, forced to get a jab i'll let be them be the one to def, uh figure out which person is gonna go and throw inflation through the roof i'll let them uh figure out which person is going to support a endless war over in ukraine against a nuclear power that has more nukes than us the list just goes on and on uh, so i'll let other people figure that out. i don't have a dog in that fight sadly my best i can do is hope and pray that people that there is enough wins in other states with good people in the Senate in other states that can cover for Pennsylvania's debacle and do what I can with the other races. But that one I'm actually not voting in. And uh, it's, it's sad to say it, but I, I, I'm just not going to partake in that. Yeah. It sounds like a sad state of affairs. Very. Well, I think this is probably a good point to wrap it. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, it's midnight over here, man. It's uh, East Coast versus West Coast time, so I'm ready to hit the sack here. But That's uh, right. thank well, you, appreciate everyone. Appreciate another, appreciate your time for another amazing talk. Yeah, wonderful. I look forward to seeing this, and uh, maybe I'll be sharing this on uh, Twitter here as soon as this gets published. Now that I have one, so be sure to follow me on Twitter. My name is Travis Bushy. T R A V I S B U E. C-H-E. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on True Social. And I'm not really active on Getter, but if you want to, if you're on there and you want to follow me there, by all means, go ahead and you can follow me there as well. Dave, it's been awesome getting to talk to you. It's always too long between our talks. We have to get together more 
more often. Absolutely. Yeah, we should get on a regular schedule because every time we talk, it's just the time just flies by and I have a great time. You're so knowledgeable. And even though we may disagree on some things, we agree on all the big issues. Exactly. Um, so I think this is really kind of a blueprint on how people should be able to talk, right? Like civil human beings, like independent thinking human beings. And if you look at the big issues that really affect everybody, I think we, you know, most people will will start to find that we have more things in common than, you know, than the media tells us. Yeah, I 100% agree. And like I said, when people as a whole get to that point, I think we'll start seeing, hopefully, if we're this um, WEF doesn't beat us to it, I think we'll start seeing the debates like that between people like uh, a DeSantis and a, a Gabbert going back and forth where it will be much healthier for this nation uh, as Joe Biden likes to say, the soul of the nation. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, throw, uh, real quick, I know we're writing it down, but I'll, I want to pass a question on to you. What do yeah. you think about um, just this closer idea? What do you think about if uh, you and I have talked about uh, the similar things we do, what do you think about if we, uh, we pull some stuff out where we disagree on and rather than hit news stories, uh, we, you know, we, we can get to a point where people can see how conversations uh, are held by people who hold the same general big view, where we intersect, where we differ and what that can hopefully start looking like for a nation that wakes up. Yeah, no, I would be completely into that kind of like a point counterpoint thing. And, um, yeah. you know, how, how people, you know, how free thinking people with a difference in opinion can still respect each other and disagree on an, on a topic. Yep. How people learn to bring back discussion rather than debate. Yep. Absolutely. I'm done debating because it's just an argument and anybody that's willing to do that wants to do a debate is dug in on their topic and they're not, they're not open to new information and they're not flexible in their point of view. Yeah. Well, man, really appreciate it, Travis. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Travis. See you, everybody. And Dave. And another thing with Dave, the podcast on all podcast platforms. Please share it with a friend, and we'll be with you soon again, I hope. Thank you very much, Travis. Thank you, Dave. Great being with you. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share with friends and on social media. Until next time, keep on digging for the truth.